We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. <laughs> God damn it, there it was. Metal Shop's Backstage Pass, episode number 60, fellows. Woo, we made it. 60 episodes. Wait, there you go. Uh, my name is Ian, joined today by Ryan the Beard and Mr. Max Long. Yo, What's yo. Up? Kevin's not here because it's his birthday week, and uh, he's turning 30. 30 years old this week. So old. Yeah, Kevin. So he's off in the woods somewhere uh, with our buddy Tim, probably just having a mental breakdown. <laughs> Remember Vegas? Oh, that God. That text mid-show? See, uh, the thing about that is I don't trust uh, Kevin with Tim because Tim's going to do something really f***ing weird and oh. probably get Kevin involved with it. I'm, that's fine though, not not too many face drugs, fellas. Well, it's it's, it's good to get Kevin out of his element yeah. a little bit, you know. Kevin, you're out of your element. Anyway, happy <laughs> birthday to Kevin, man! Thirty years on the planet. Next time you see him, buy him a beer or whatever. He's entered the third decade of his life. So, uh, what else has been going on with you guys this week? It's been a today's finally cooled down a little bit, man. Feels yeah. nice. Yeah, you know, I, I had a pretty busy week, went to some rad shows. Uh, that KO Dot show that I saw on the 4th, which I skipped out on the show for, was really excellent. Yeah, you showed up with 10 minutes left of the show. Yep, yep, total winner like that. Good job. Uh, went to go see Trans Am, that was pretty cool. Uh, lots of keyboards going on there, and then uh, Big Business as well. That was. Uh, oh yeah, how that was, was cool that? Show. Big Business rules, man. I, I really try not to miss Big Business shows. That that band is really awesome live. And major shout out to Gatheist from Portland. Gatheist. That band rules. I love that band name. They uh, describe themselves as Portland's answer to Harvey Milk, and I think they're <laughs> kind of spot on. Awesome. Pretty great stuff, Sweet. man. Sounds like good people. What about you, Max? What'd you do? You bought my one of my guns. Yeah, I bought a rifle from Ian. So look out, world. Look out, because world. Because now we're f***ed. Oh my god, yeah. No, this is going to be a fun week. My mom's dating a cop, so he promised to take me out shooting and yeah, yeah, yeah. There show you that out. So I mean, you know. <clears throat> it works. I've shot it. I know it works. Oh man, so, it's a sturdy it, so. gun. He was excited when he saw it. He was like, yes, we're going to go do this. So when the zombies come, Max is fine. <laughs> ready. Ryan's just I gonna am ready for martial law. Ryan's just going to uh, tie his beard up around his face, and nobody will be able to get to him at all. No, I'm just going to stay in my basement, man. <laughs> Lock the doors. <laughs> just produce the best record of all time. <laughs> right? Exactly. Sounds of the end of the world. Exactly. Just stick a mic out the window. <laughs> that would be awesome. If the internet still works, God, that'd be sweet. Carrier pigeons, man. Carrier pigeons. <laughs> Uh, Get it going. What have I been doing? I don't know. I haven't been doing shit really this week. Just kind of hanging out. Uh, that the morning that it got cold the other because I've been sleeping with the AC on. I woke up and it was like forty fucking degrees in my room. It's just like ooh, but I keep waking up with the fucking theme song from America's Funniest Home Videos stuck in my head, dude. It's happened three times in the last week. And you know, sometimes like we're all like musical people, and you'll like have a specific weird song that pops into your head when you wake up. Yeah. Because the first thing I'm going to do is like roll over and think, what do I want to listen to? And I'll usually already have something in there, but I'd, I, I got to pull up the theme song. I, I'd really like to think your cat puts it in there. Just like kind of whispers it and hums it into your ear, you know? See, this is what I'm talking about. Everybody knows what this is. 
1990, baby. I was six years old. There it is. All the funniest things you do. And then it keeps going on with a bunch of other words that nobody really gives a shit about. But they have a mean saxophone solo, though, later in the video. It's the minute 40 minute. Right? Really? Oh, yeah, they got yeah, yeah. a mean saxophone solo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been smoking bowls with this. <laughs> Are you? I am not surprised by that at all. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, you're right, dude. You're fucking ripping it. <laughs> What's that horn section? Here comes Bob Saget. <laughs> TV's wholesome dad. A scene on, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That needs to just not be in my fucking head anymore. I would like to eternal sunshine that song away from my fucking lexicon. I've been smoking weed to that song for the last oh, three days. And and what? And tell us what. Share with us what videos you've been watching while you've been oh, listening God. to that song and smoking oh. weed. Police brutality videos. <laughs> <laughs> you, are... dude, you're. In sick. <laughs> I I got. I'm never gonna be able to listen to it the same now. <laughs> See, I got I got this message from Max, just like, dude, listen to this while you're watching this, and I just, I I didn't even. It was just like cop brutally beats so and so. It was like I, the I, Rodney just, Rodney King. Yeah, thing, yeah, and I just couldn't even. <laughs> Oh my god, you need to put together a compilation video. Uh, okay, yeah, you, we're all going to hell. As usual. <laughs> oh, awesome. It's only funny until a cop beats the shit out of you. Right. So, uh, yeah, sounds like everybody's had a great week. Uh, let's get into some of the stuff that's going on in the metal world. Because we haven't really done a podcast technically for like two weeks. We haven't talked about the news anyway. Uh, there's a lot that goes on. We're not going to catch up with all of it, but we'll catch up with some of it. Uh, let's start this week with uh, that Death Angel Thrashumentary we've been talking about on and off. They have a new song coming out off of it. And dude, this sounds really good. Like they, uh, it's the production on it's great. So, okay, here's the slow acoustic part. I'll just skip ahead halfway. See, sounds pretty good, right? For live. Yeah, man. That's great. Uh, it's coming out July 24th on Nuclear Blast. This one's called Execution. So if you like uh, Death Angel, the Bay Area Thrash stuff, just go grab it. It's going to be good good stuff, man. Have you guys, uh, let's see what else is coming up here. Metal Allegiance, we've been talking about that super group. Dude, I'm stoked about that. Anything Skullnick tur- touches just turns to awesome like that that dude is just so effing good at everything that he does and everybody else on this is just an all-star and a half randy blythe alex skolnick david elfson uh mike portnoy and gary holt mr philip adrian silmo yeah there's dude, uh so many people chuck billy chris jericho's on this even ben weinman mark from death angel bumblefoot tim ripper owens see charlie Bennett. who's dave, behind this dave elfson Andreas Kisser. Uh, I think it's it has it's mostly uh, going to be 
it's Portnoy and I know that Alex Skolnick are on almost every song. Okay. <laughs> so they just issued a trailer though today, and they uh, act, you can actually. Oh, what are we still playing? What are we still playing? Death Angel. All right, there we go. Now, how about this right here? The first uh, song that's got Gary Holt and Randy Bly on it. It's gonna be Gary Holt uh, doing the lead, Alex Skolnick on guitar, Dave Ellison on bass, Mike Portnoy on drums, and Randy Bly singing. That's that Dave Ellison bass for show. A quick track. Gary Holt. Can you tell he's been hanging out with Carrie King? I love Randy playing air guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Super slow. So there it is, man. It sounds pretty fucking ripping, I think. I'm into it. I want to hear the one that's got Phil Anselmo singing on it. Yeah, no joke, man. You know, I'd, I'd like to think that Phil had some input. I'd, I'd at least hope that Phil had some input in the writing process, too. Because I think where Phil Anselmo really shines, um, other than obviously being an excellent frontman and vocalist, is his compositional chops. Well, he's a ripper on guitar, dude. Yeah, which doesn't get <clears throat> talked about very often, man. Like, he, he really... That dude knows how to write a good metal song. Check out Phil Anselmo, uh, Pantera... A guitar solo on YouTube. There's a mm -hmm. like super famous one where he takes the guitar from Dime and just fucking goes off. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. Oh yeah, Phil's so, a killer player, man. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, even if he didn't like write the skeletons of the song, you know he's in there like, hey brother, do you think about uh, maybe trying this? You know, he's yeah, gonna yeah. Be, he's gonna be in all up in there. We need to play that riff again, except halftime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Now> slow it down. <laughs> uh, Anthrax is playing the final metal show at the Sunset Strip House of Blues in Los a in Los Angeles. Yay, baboo. Uh, I've oh. had a couple people tell me that we're from that area. They were like, that place sucks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously it's, it's just a bummer to lose a venue where you can go see a good metal show, but Anthrax is playing the last one. I think that's pretty sweet. It's going to be August 7th. And then guess what? It's being knocked down for a uh, hotel and a Starbucks. Uh, a, ho Best Buy. a hotel and a retail complex. Oh, Ooh. maybe a Best Buy is going to be there. Yeah. There you go. You never know, Sweet. man. Sweet. Hotel housing retail complex. Just bulldozed. So if you want to go down there, see uh, see Anthrax on the West Coast, August 7th, last chance. $4,000 a month gets you yeah. <laughs> nothing. Right? Well, see you later, House of Blues. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to relocate or just hey, you'd call have. it good. Because I know the House of Blues, what? they're like they're affiliated with each other, but they're all owned by different people. Oh, like a franchise. Mm -hmm. Like the House of Blues in Vegas is owned by somebody different than the you know this one yeah, right yeah. here. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll find out. Well, it looks like a hate breed just put out. Or, <laughs> sorry. It looks like uh, a <laughs> Children of Bodom just put out a new song. Out a new song. Um, 
So, uh, Children of Bodom has been was one of those bands that uh, we were talking about this earlier that kind of got me into the heavier stuff, and Same here. they've been kind of as. I've been wanting heavier stuff in my ears. They've been really not scratching that itch. Right. Well, you just fell down a really f***ed up <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I, don't know. I keep being hopeful. I keep, like, wanting children like the new Metallica, to get back to the but new stuff, you know? Different. Yeah, I think they're, you know, I, can we play a little bit of the track? Just, yeah. Just a little I, bit? I think it's a cool, I think it's a cool song. I don't have any problems with it. There aren't any cheesy-ass corny parts where I just, like, roll my eyes and go, Oh, children of Bodom. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's not bad. I just wish they'd do something with it. Yeah, it doesn't really, like, it's get there. hangs out yeah. in the same riff the whole song. Just, like, chilling in the pocket. The song's called Morrigan. Their new record is called I Worship Chaos. Coming out October 2nd on Nuclear Blast as well. It's got a Danger Zone cover on it. They got a keyboard play out. I mean, it's cool. It's kind of simple, you know? That's what you're saying. Okay, I think here's here's what my problem with it is. It's not driving enough. He's doing that, like, Lars Ulrichy f***ing drum beat yeah. right there. If it was like super driving with like some double bass or something going on, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel you on that one. Wait, didn't they lose their, uh... No, they lost their other guitarist. It was yeah, they got a new guitar replaced. Replaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Let's uh, skip halfway through here. Go, go to the solo, man. I don't know where that is in here. Mm. I'm not gonna fish for it. Okay, so there's that double bass. Okay, so there's your creepy cradle of filth part. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I like it. I do like this song. I'm not trying to talk yeah, to yeah. it. Uh, it makes me just curious about what the next one's going to sound like. Yeah. So, there you go. New Children in Bodom, man. All right, so uh, speaking of new music, man, it, it's been a gnarly week. Week, all Dude, kinds of new stuff so coming out. Um, Lamb of God just premiered a new song. It's called "Erase This," and that's going to be off their upcoming album "Strum Undrang." It'll be coming out on uh, July 24th on Epic Records. See my pain in the grass. Yeah, man, that's going to be such a hard-ass show. Yeah, pain in the grass, Lamb of God, August 23rd. God. White River Amphitheater. I think we're going to bring out a lot of metalheads this year. Oh my god, didn't they just open up a second stage as well? Yeah, I did see that. That's cool. Good job, promo department. Pretty long. I'm gonna yeah, skip I, ahead a little bit. Oh, there you go. That's a heavy part. I'm still gonna skip ahead. 
Oh yeah, hold on. Th I totally forgot about this. This guy's doing a Peter Frampton part, like in this, with the mouth, the like. Oh, the vocoder. The vocoder, yeah. yeah. Frampton comes alive, man. Live comes alive. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's notable. So, uh, you know what I like about the new Lamb of God? What's that? Sounds like the old Lamb of God. That's yeah. They, they, they have a formula. They're sticking with it. They modify it a little, tweak it a little bit to keep things interesting. And it, it's they, they're not screwing with people too much. Right. You know? It's good, man. It's uh, they, they're a band that's had a really solid evolution, and I, I, I'm really <clears throat> stoked that they're continuing on the path that they are. I want to get my hands on uh, Randy's new book. Yeah, man. I think he's probably gonna. It's probably gonna be a pretty pissed off book. Yeah, no joke. Uh, Dragon Force, hooray! Somebody out there likes it. They got a new DVD. That's another new song off of this. So they play uh, playing in 2014 in uh, the Saitama Super Arena in Japan. Do, do they have some new Unix singing for him now? I, the same guy. I have no. I don't. Man, I've never really investigated this band, so I don't really know. Mm. <clears throat> oh, I did post on uh, this week on the Metal Shop Facebook how like underwhelmed I was by the trailer for this. Like, this band is known for like this kind of stuff, for yeah. being like super shreddery, right? Yeah. And in the trailer, it's like they're playing this dumb corny. It's it like the first thing that came to mind was Creed shreds. Ugh. And I was just like, this is the fucking riff you guys picked for your DVD trailer? Anyway, here's a little bit more. It, also, it does sound good, though. Yeah. Good production. These guys are good at their instruments. I think it's just kind of cornball. Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing I would like to give them props on is at the very end of the song, and I'm going to skip ahead here. Uh, every single member of the band has is singing. Like, has to, even the drummer has a headset, and they're all singing, which I think is cool. It's not easy to do when you're no. ripping your face off. You know? If I played Dungeons and Dragons, I'd like this. Yeah. <laughs> Just drop some acid and play some Skyrim, dude. right? Oh, dude. I did that once and it didn't work out well, actually. That's yeah. probably not a good idea. Alright, anyway. Ryan, the look on Ryan's face is just completely unrealistic. Break out the ale, dude. guys. <laughs> hey, man, they're killer shredders. I, I, really, I really love the playing. I got no, it. No, I, I was just kind of like having a bit of a flashback. Uh, a buddy of mine gave me a chocolate and didn't fail to inform me that it had mushrooms in it. Oh, and I started playing Gears of War. Oh, no. And uh, yeah, about halfway through a level, I had that table flipped up in front of me. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah, you know the, uh, the, the scene, for, for those of you that played it with the huge spider thing comes yeah, out when you're dude. down in the cavern yeah, yeah that's when those things really started to kick in that spider came out of that tv <clears throat> and at me the <laughs> first and last time i ever played skyrim the first and last time yeah i intentionally took the day off i knew i had a bag of mushrooms and i knew i was gonna go for it i knew it was gonna be weird and i knew it was gonna fuck with me all right so i cook up this mushroom tea i drink half of it wait about an hour and a half start playing skyrim 
you know, nothing really happens. So I make the mistake of drinking the rest of it. Oh. <clears throat> which was a mistake right off the bat. And I get in there, and if you've ever played Skyrim, I get in and I, like, beat the first dragon, right? Mm -hmm. And you get this power called a shout. Mm -hmm. So you can, like, shout kill people. Yeah. And the thing I didn't know about this game, because it was literally my first time playing it, and I, at this point it was tripping balls. <laughs> and I'm in this town walking around, and I pressed the wrong button and accidentally shout killed a townsperson. Every oh. And every person in the f***ing town <laughs> came and attacked me and killed me. <laughs> At that point, I was so, and like the thing is, I was like, okay, I get it. So I respawn, and I they chase me into a fucking corner where every time I respawn, they just kill me again, and I do it maybe five times, and by the final time, I just turned the TV off, curled up in a ball on my bed, and it just freaked the f*** out. And I can never play that game again, which sucks, because anyway. Yeah. Good times with hallucinogens, man. Good God. How do we get to these fucking weird stories? I think as the 4th of July <laughs> at Gasworks, that was cool. Oh, how, yeah, it was good times. Yeah. It's almost as good as Matt Coke uh, dropping acid and when we were at, uh, at yeah, meeting Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> that's the greatest story to yeah. just tell. Um, oh, that's I excellent. met Ozzy on acid. Yeah. It, interesting factoid, I've only <laughs> he taken- He would approve. I've only taken hallucinogens by choice once, oh. but I've tripped my face off so many effing times because time people to do that again. just like ghost me and like fed me stuff. That's, and it that has, sucks. It's totally wrected for me because Somebody's last time I tried, uh, last time it happened, it was just like, okay, I recognize this effing son of a bitch and it always just like destroys me because like, yeah i just go back to that like messed up place from like freaking out and not knowing what's going on <clears throat> i was terrible. wasted at a bar in capitol hill once and somebody dosed me with acid mm. oh in my no. drink no so by the time i got home i was fucking tripping balls and i yeah. knew i didn't take any acid yeah and i was just i got home and i was kind of pissed like, it's, it's supposed to be fun, but yeah. I was, like, pissed tripping. I was just like, man, this I is bullshit. It's, like, four in the morning. I'm all wasted. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I think I watched The Matrix or something like that. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I got to do something. Jesus. All right, anyway, New Cataclysm, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. I love this band. They've never put out anything that I didn't like. And they're getting fucking riffy on this new record, man. Consistency. It's going to be good. They're from Russia, right? Now, these guys are from Montreal, Canada. I wanted to play this on Metal Shop last week, but we couldn't because it was all American. Oh, oh, thanks, Obama. What these guys are posting on this video is that they're, it's the first death metal album to release a concept video for each song. So that's going to be cool. Uh, out at the end of the month, July 31st. Like R. Kelly's trapped in the closet. Yeah, trapped in the metal closet. Oh my god. Trapped in the dungeon. I'm gonna skip ahead. Sounds like Cataclysm, that's for sure. Alright, right on. Moving on. Oh, speaking of dudes doing fucking weird shit when they're on drugs. Uh, and this segue of the week. This story sucks because the drummer from Journey, his name's Dean Castronovo, was arrested last month. On uh, charges that he beat up his girlfriend in mm. Salem, Oregon. Dude, f*** that. And it just came out that he was high on meth. No. The entire time. Oh, God, look at that mugshot. F, dude. Uh, he, quote, threw the woman into a wall 14 times, pulled her hair, and forced her to have sex with him. 
Don't stop believing. Ooh. Oh, I don't know, man. That sucks. So he's going to jail. I'm sure they'll probably just replace him. He's like the original drummer for that band. So what happens when you get rich and famous and start doing meth? His hair is actually pretty great. He looks all right for a, being a meth head. Give him yeah. a few more years. He'll be real. He's probably smoking the really good sh- not the... <laughs> that good meth. Mm, that, <laughs> that good white rock. That I don't know. What color is meth? Brown? Uh, red? Like tan? Silverish? I don't know. Wow. It's been a while. <laughs> Blue? I watched Breaking Bad. So, uh... <laughs> there you go. Speaking of uh, sucky things, King Diamond got an eye infection... Uh, while he was on tour, which is kind of a... How do you get an eye infection? I have no idea. Maybe somebody farted on his pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, like, take guy. a poo, forget to wipe your hands, mm-hmm. and, like... But anyway, um, so, not the interesting part, but uh, King Diamond was forced to perform, due to the eye infection, without his makeup, which is, if you know King Diamond, kind of a big deal. That dude is always in makeup on stage. And so, uh, yeah, there's a video clip of him, sans makeup, doing what he does. Whatever, man. I'm just glad he's still alive. Yeah, no joke. Got a triple bypass surgery a few years ago. He's 59 now. Getting up there. 59 is ancient in metal years. Hey, for the way that all these fuckers partied in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, man. And even now. What I want to say is I'm looking at this footage, and I'm extremely bummed I didn't see him last time he came. Was it it this epic? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. At Mayhem Fest, it was insane. It was even better at the Moor. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I missed the more. I mean, that was good. That was a good show. It was so full, dude. I'm loving All right. You, Ryan posted this on the Metal Shop page this week. Kevin Lyman, uh, who's the co-founder of Ener- Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Festival, who also is the guy who created the Warp Tour, was responsible for Taste of Chaos, Sounds of the Underground, a lot of huge tours. He's kind of like the brainchild behind it. And this last week, I think he... Uh, I think the source of a lot of his frustrations coming from the fact that Mayhem Festival's not doing very well this year. Yeah. Like, at all. Well, um, and, uh, spoiler alert, I'm about to talk some shit. I know, uh, I, saw, I figured that was that, on the way. That, uh, that side stage sucked, man. Flat out. Ah, uh, yeah. They, they, there were, there were, a little weak. there were three bands, alright, so normally... Jungle Rat was good. Yeah, Jungle Rat was great, but normally when there's a fest like that, I may not like all the bands but I will at least have heard of them like they they will be some like some some in passing I will at least know somewhat what's going on there were only five bands on that side stage I had e- I even recognized well, the dude, names of it's you know and what it, it was it was Victory Records bought the side stage yep and so they were all Victory Records bands that's and the, why and the reason why Mayhem Fest usually does well is it's not just the huge headliners that they have it's they usually have a whole mix of different bands on the side stage that they get the younger kids out to the shows right and have them like dragging all their friends out to go see and or their parents yeah and or their parents and so you get that good mix of the of the young new crew and the old school fans and they just didn't have that there the fan base was was less varied than I've ever seen it it, it was just very stark black and white the guys who were obviously there for king diamond slayer and the guys who were obviously there for the victory record stage. <clears throat> and they all left yeah <laughs> they weren't like there was no unity yeah no intermingling uh let me read you the quote that kevin lyman said he got somebody nailed him down for an interview in detroit a few days ago and this is his quote i'll just read it in entirety and then we can react the bands at the top all demand a certain level of fee to be on tour unlike punk rock metal never knows how to take a step back to move the whole scene forward. That's how punk rock was. That's how we nurtured punk rock. 
Bad Religion would take a little less than they could do on their own to bring in the whole seed fo- uh, scene forward so we could make sure we had a good touring package around them. Metal doesn't seem to have that concern, never has, never has since I was working in the clubs in the 80s. It's always about a me, me, me thing. And he goes, continues to say, what happened was metal chased girls away because what happened was metal aged. Metal got gray, bald and fat, and metal was about danger. When you went to a metal show, it was dudes on stage. There was some danger in it. Uh, I, I, I mean, here, I, here's the last part where he talks about money, and then let's talk about it. It was the best available for what we had to work with. Talking about the lineup right now, Slayer, King Diamond, hell yeah. We had pressure to keep the package at a certain price and make that work, and we had uh, pressure on headliner expenses, which is exactly what I thought. I was like, Slayer and King Diamond has to cost a f***ing fortune. In addition, there are fewer fat acts on the bill and only two stages this time around because we had to condense it, Lyman said. The expenses of putting on those shows had gotten high. We had to push it into all... We had to push it into... We had to push it all into the concourses... They, the venues, don't want to build a fence outside for third and fourth stages anymore. Those things cost money. Money, um, money. money. Alright, so I, I get what he's saying about metal getting older, kind of. Like, I, I can see the logic, but at the same time, I disagree with him. I think I think that he doesn't have a firm grasp on what's actually going on in the metal scene. And this is a very bold statement. The guy is much better off than me, has been doing it a lot longer than me, so obviously knows a hell, probably knows knows how to do something. Yeah, exactly. But I, I really get the feeling that he really doesn't know what's going on with the genre. He, he was a, he's a punk guy first and foremost. Right. And that, that's, where I think he's coming from. Yeah, man. Punk and, I mean, my argument is that they're always cousins. Kevin Lyon, he knows what he's doing. He's a smart yeah. guy. He's rich now. Oh, like, yeah. After being able to pull this off for so long. So he knows how to do it well. I honestly think that Tony Victory got involved and the motherfucker was like, hey, you guys don't need any more, more bands. I got all my shitty fucking scene bands over here that'll play with Slayer and I had people act like people will give a shit about it. Of course not. Uh, I, we all saw that coming from a mile away. We're like, oh, yeah. the Victory record stage. There's way less bands, but we all assumed, probably like they did, that King Diamond and Slayer would be the draw. Mm-hmm. And the argument, as much as I don't like to say it, and I really am not trying to trash talk here, but Slayer is not, it's not the same Slayer. That's what I kept hearing people say to me. They were like, yeah, it's Slayer, but it's not really Slayer. Yeah. It's like, okay, that sucks. It's, but it's true. They're fucking, Jeff Hanneman's dead, dude. Yeah. You can't do anything about that. Yeah. It's just part of the way it is. And well, I mean, and if Lombardo's going <laughs> to leave... What other drummer would you possibly want to sit to go and sit on the throne and fill in his place? And Bostaff was in Slayer for ten fucking years, man. I know. I mean, the guy just as nobody part of the cares Slayer about that legacy though. as Lombardo. As man. much as you know that, and as much as I know that, most people don't give a shit about that. Didn't yeah. know. See, yeah, and I mean, it's to no discredit to you. It's just yeah. like people are like, eh, saw him, yeah. So, not trying to pay 45, 50 bucks or whatever it is. Uh, let's talk about other good news. ACDC drummer Phil Rudd, who hired somebody to kill somebody. Yeah! Uh, was sentenced to eight months of home detention. House arrest. Man, that's money. That is- uh, first off, this picture, he looks like old Wolverine. Like, totally. That that picture of him with the cigarette. Yeah. yeah. In the mutton shop. Imagine <laughs> yeah, him man, that jacket. that thing, man. He'd fit in well. He's 61. He faced up to seven years in prison, and they gave him eight months of home detention. Uh, he's been struggling with a meth addiction. What's with these dudes in the... God damn it. I don't know. 
So <clears throat> he uh, he's going to be chilling at his house, watching movies and eating pizza. Maybe he'll rough take some acid and try playing Skyrim. Uh, he try he offered a guy two hundred thousand bucks, a motorbike, and a choice of one of his cars or a house payment for the hit. Damn, you can have my house, man. <laughs> That's how much I hate this guy. Anyway, Phil Rudd. See you later. ACDC money. Oh, dirty yeah. deeds. Yep. Not done too cheap. Oh, man. So uh, one of my longtime favorite bands, <laughs> Clutch, is uh, getting ready to release um, Psychic Warfare. It's going to be their new album. That's, that's an awesome be, record name. Yeah, and that's going to be coming out in October. You know, Clutch is one of those bands that has been doing it for such a long time. And uh, definitely not the heaviest band on the block, but they do what they do so effing well. And the live show is always worth seeing. So, yeah, uh, that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Um, looks like a pretty solid track list, too. 12 that, songs? Yeah. He said it's going to be faster. Faster than Earth Rocker. Which is good. I'm, I'm glad they're kind of picking it back up a little bit, kind of reaching back. Giving it some oomph. Mm-hmm. Where are um, they from? South? No. Clutch? I don't know. Man, they're heavy. I don't I'm know. Blanking. The I'll stop. Yeah. Um, I dig that. Robert Trujillo uh, from Metallica and Infectious Grooves and Suicidal Tendencies has a uh, new documentary on Jaco Pastorius coming out. Whoa, cool. Which I think is rad. If you're a bass player or if you are a fan of the bass as an instrument, you know who Jaco Pastorius is. And if you don't, then you should look into it because the guy was a bass wizard. Yeah. So uh, they're doing uh, what they said. They're doing some film festivals over the summer. So it must be done. Oh, they said they're doing final edits taking place as we speak. Uh, some incredible never-seen rare Joni Mitchell footage. Very cool. Uh, being added at the last minute, and it'll be worth the extra effort. Uh, it's going to be called Jocko, a documentary film. And he paid for most of it out of his own pocket, which is rad. It goes, it's cool how in-depth they kind of go. They kind of go into the funds thing. He's like, man, I can kind of do my side projects. I'm not just Metallica. Yeah. I mean, But he also goes on to say, people don't understand. I didn't write Enter Sandman. It's oh, a little yeah, different but, for me. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's not as rich as uh, yeah. you know, Kirk Hammett or totally. Mr. Headfield. He doesn't get a cut of that. Sucks. Yeah, I don't have that enter the Sandman money, dog. <laughs> I've got Sandman cash, baby. <laughs> so I got that. Give me a Pepsi money. <laughs> what are we I, talking about? I, I got to give you, I can only afford the Porsche. Can't go for the Lambo. I'm <laughs> sorry, girl. <laughs> anyway, I think Jaco Pistorius is always one of my favorites because he taught himself how to play, which I think yeah. is awesome. It's, yeah. You know, you have to have a certain kind of brain in order to be able to get that. So, um, reaching back to uh, Slayer, Kerry King uh, recently in an interview stated, if I had my choice in how things play out, this will definitely be the last version of Slayer anyone will see. And uh, Good. In, in the quote down here, he said, um, uh, uh, I would have loved for Gary to have been more involved with the writing. Um, and uh, I thought it was thought a long time about this, but I didn't think Slayer fans were ready for that yet. Even though Gary's a household name in Thrash, I don't feel that the first Slayer record without Jeff should have Gary Holt contributing as a writer. I don't uh, don't understand that argument. He goes on to say that... um, Let me see. Let me find the quote here. Uh, We just got recording Repentless out of the way, and we still had to get Paul situated. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. as if this issue wasn't important to us. We just had other things on our mind. I know we got Paul's deal in. I don't know even if that's gotten finalized yet, but I know we got the paperwork through and it's in the process. To us, we had to do that first because Paul was in the band for 10 years prior to this. Fair enough. The next thing to do is to make a legitimate offer to Gary if he's going to stay on board. And that's okay if he's not interested in saying, I certainly wouldn't ask him to quit Exodus. That's not part of it at all. Yeah, so, that's well, that's realistic thinking yeah. right there. I mean, I and that's fine. Fine. That's totally fine with me. Get Gary Holt on board. 
Uh, we'll make our way through this record cycle, and then hopefully we'll hear Gary Holt shredding on the new f***ing Slayer record after that. Yeah. You know, and... Whatever. It'll be five years, but whatever. And we had talked about that, that quote a little bit before, but I, I think I kind of reversed my thinking on it a little <clears> bit. <throat> I kind of understand where Kerry King's coming from, not wanting an outside person writing riffs on the new Slayer record. Here, I, I kind of... I. I get where he's coming from. What I don't understand. Okay, that's fine. That's all fine. That's obviously their prerogative. But mm-hmm. they didn't even use any of the Jeff Hanneman songs on the record. So if it would have been a song that Hanneman wrote, I would understand if they were like, I don't, well, you know, we don't want Gary on this because Jeff wrote it. Yeah. I get that. But it's yeah. like, Carrie, you wrote all the songs. You just want to have a record where you're like, I'm Carrie and this is my record. <laughs> Whatever, man. Greedy <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Whatever. If it's good. Then so be it, but we still need to hear it. So is there going to be tribal on the actual CD? I don't know. If you maybe if you <laughs> bought that like seven pound plaque that comes with it, uh, there's a story this week that kind of uh, yeah just beat somebody over the head with it. Here's your tribal bitch bonk. Uh, the story this week that came out, uh, Howard Jones from uh, formerly of Killswitch Engage came out and said that he almost killed himself uh, a few years ago, and it's part of the reason that he left <clears throat> Killswitch Engage. I figured this was all going to come out. It was going to take time, just like it did. Uh, and I'll read you a few of his quotes from the interview he just did uh, with Jamie Josta on the Josta podcast, which is an awesome podcast, by the way. Uh, he says, and I quote, I remember I was living in my old apartment uh, in Connecticut, and just I don't even know if I ever actually really talked about this. Yeah, someone knew what I was doing and called the police because I almost blew my head off. I pulled out my forty-four, which is a huge gun, by the way. I loaded it. I was done. If they hadn't knocked on the door, I was gone. The cops came and broke down my door and stopped me. So needless to say, I ended up spending a little bit of time in one of the fabled mental institutions. I've never publicly talked about that. <coughs> Sorry. I thought you were getting choked it's up. disingenuous. No, it's just a burp. Sorry. I'm gassy, Howard. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about his exit from Kill Switch, and he says, basically, we got together, started going over ideas for the next album. We got together at Adam D's place, and everyone was like, yeah, I wrote this stuff, wrote this stuff, I'm going through this stuff, and then started going through, just like all the old music and everything. And I'm like, we'll just meet up for the next week or two. We'll just meet up at the same time every day. It was like, cool, see everybody tomorrow. And I just never came back. Actually, I drove away, and just I didn't call. I didn't return, nothing. And I spoke to him like maybe two weeks later, something like that. And they were like, so yeah, we figure we're going to have to just move on without you. And I was like, I'll still do it. I'm just, I'm having a hard time with this. And they said, dude, you hate this. And he said, it's not that I hated it. And they were like, dude, you do hate this. (laughs) And I was like, dude. And they were like, dude. And it was like, dude. And uh, he just said, yeah, I can, I can't do this right now. This is just the worst thing in the world. I'd like to wake up and it's just something I've always loved doing. And I hated it. And I was like, you're right, I can't do this, and that was it. Apparently the dude just has made, had, has always had major anxiety issues and would just be freaked out around people and just being a star. Mm-hmm. You know, Killswitch is a pretty big band. Yeah. Uh, apparently it just wasn't for him, man. But he's got a new band, Devil You Know, so. You know, um, I do have to say I am notoriously not that big a fan of Killswitch, but... Howard Jones has always had in in every interview that I've read with the guy, he's always had nothing but awesome things to say. Seems to be a very open person well, to his fans, fairly positive guy. But you know, and and I get, I'm uh, you can tell he's pretty introspective. Yeah, yeah, and I I just uh, you know, reading stuff like this, it, it's it's kind of scary, and it really puts you on edge and makes you think about you know just 
be cool to everybody around right, you because right. you'd never really know what somebody's mental state is, man. And if you see somebody fucking up, you know, check in. Yeah. Be like, hey. And like he said, if somebody hadn't, you know, called the cops to help him, yeah, he wouldn't be here now. Yeah. And it, it always, like, when people get in that state of mind, like, they dig themselves into these weird, deep-ass holes, and yeah. then later, when they look back on it, they just go, I don't even know what happened there. Yeah, I don't they, even know how I got there. there. There's nothing wrong with grabbing a friend and just saying, hey, man, you know, right. you, like, you good? But sometimes just, it takes a major life change like that. I'm sure that is a huge thing. I mean, Kill Switch is probably, it's probably a good job being in Kill Switch Engage. Yeah. I'm it, sure it, it pays the bills suck. well. Yeah. <laughs> It does not suck. So, so, uh, so um, moving on. So, uh, one of my favorite, well, I was gonna say thrash metal guitarists, but more all around well, guitarist. Yeah, he's thrash metal guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marty Friedman is coming back to the United States for the first time in a long, long time. He's been in Japan for how long now? Uh, a God, decade I'm, I'm, at yeah, least. Yeah, over a decade. He lives at there. This point, yeah, he lives there, and uh, it's it's like him and Paul Gilbert just decided, all right, you know what? We've had enough of the American thing. We're just gonna go shred it up in Japan, and that's cool. Enjoy the weirdness over there, which is awesome. And uh, he's got a really great quote, which I'm I'm gonna read here. And uh, he said, uh, "On the rare occasion that I stop to think about it, I realize I've done an insane thing." I left a successful international band to concentrate on my efforts on the domestic music scene of a country thousands of miles from my home. Different culture, different language, different planet. Since I went to Japan, so many Americans have supported me, and while many doubted I would ever play live in my homeland again, now it's happening. Sweet. Choosing the set list and doing prep for this tour has been a blast. Words cannot describe how excited I am about finally touring North America. This is going to be cool, man. I'm really, really excited to finally see Marty play live. And he's going to be playing September 25th and in Seattle at El Corazon. Exactly. Two days before my birthday, man. No way. It's really? It's going to be awesome. That, that's what I want for my birthday. I want to meet Marty Friedman. <clears throat> how old are you going to be in this year? Uh, Old. Not as old as you, but old. Well, how old? Pretty old. How Kinda old? old. Tell old. me. Old. No, just Not old. as old as Kevin? Not as old as Kevin. Old okay. as me? My birthday is next month. I'm, I'm way older than you. Because next year, mine's going to be the 3-0. Next, next March. So Whew. I've got six months left, man. I was old man 28. Ian. I'm 29. I'm s- Wow. I'm lost. Oh, yeah, old man Ian. And then somebody listening to this is going to be like, Fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> I'll stomp your little bearded bitch ass out. Hey, man, at least my beard's soft and fluffy now. I, I signed up for a dollar beard club. I got my first. What does that mean? It, they send you beard oil. Once oh, a month like for... instead of Dollar Shave Club? Yeah, exactly. It's gotcha. Dollar Shave Club gotcha. computer guys. Yeah, man, it's it's nice. Shout out to them. It's yeah. It's is it working nice for you? It's feeling good, man. Is your lady liking it? Yeah, man. that's all that I'm matters, really. All right. Well, uh, anyway, we digress once more. <laughs> uh, there's a band called Firespawn. They were originally going to be called a a band called Fireborn, which we talked about a few weeks ago, or maybe even a few fucking months ago. But it's a, it's, it's a Swedish death metal-like super band. It's going to be uh, featuring uh, members of Entombed, Necrophobic, Unleashed, Dark Funeral, and Defleshed. <laughs> so that is a Swedish super group for sure. Uh, but their, uh, <laughs> their new song is called Lucifer Has Spoken. Whoa. So That's pretty extreme. They're going right <laughs> there. So this is just like a 20-second little trailer piece of their new record get the feel for it 
Wait, was that one of you guys? No. That was his. <laughs> I need to hear that again. Hold on. Wait. There it was. <laughs> did, play, I like that. Did, did you hear the echo on that? <laughs> I like that. That's cool. So that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Firespawn. Be on the lookout from this. Stockholm, Sweden. Like the heart of that metal area. August 7th. 500 hand-numbered copies. They're kind of taking it old school. I like that. Wow. Go them. Bad news for Gojira and fans of Gojira. Oh, this is a bummer. Uh, they've pr- uh, postponed the next few shows because uh, Joe and Mario Duplantier, their mother passed away a couple days ago. Uh, unexpectedly in the night, which, you know, I guess arguably is the way we all want to go, but it's just rough cause your mom died. So, uh, you know, obviously thoughts go out to Joe and, and Mario, uh, two of the, you know, the vocalist and drummer, like the brain children, literally of the band. So thoughts, thoughts go out to those guys. They said, uh, we sincerely thank all of you for your understanding and support during the difficult, this difficult time. They had to um, cancel a few dates over in Europe. So that's rough, man. So uh, just take that into account. I don't know if you're uh, a Hail Satan guy, but, you know, do 10 Hail Satans for those guys. Yeah, man. Um, so speaking of, uh, yeah, I got no segue for this. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the real, yeah, there's really no way to, to do this one. Like. Yeah. Uh, Richie Blackmore has decided that he wants to start doing heavy music again. Um, mm-hmm. Richie Blackmore made famous from uh, you know Deep Purple that riff that everybody learns to play when they first pick up a guitar. It's his oh, fault. Oh, guitar oh. Center employees. Yep, yep. Smoke on the water. That's Richie Blackmore, man. And yeah, uh, he, well, he also did you know Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Yeah, a little small little thing you might yeah, have heard of. You know. But anyway, um, he's been doing a uh, medieval folk music for a uh, for a very long time now, and I guess he's recently decided you know I it's. It's time to do some uh, some heavier stuff again. I, I think it's time. So hopefully he's going to write another song that guitarists can learn when they first pick up the instrument for the next, you know, 20 to 30 years or so. Yeah, well, I hope so, <laughs> Good luck man. on that. It's interesting, like, um, he just all of a sudden was like, hmm, I would like some distortion on my guitar, please. <laughs> would Can I have some medieval distortion on my guitar, please? <laughs> While I'm at the Ren Fair, I'm fine with that, man. Bring it on. Uh, okay, uh, Slipknot, Slipknot is on a whole nother level right now because they just put out a new record in the middle of like a very profitable touring circuit. I'm sure it's going really well for them. Uh, this last week, Corey Taylor came out and said something like, kind of talked shit about Kanye West a little bit. He was talking about how, oh, you're not a fucking rock star, dude. The fact yeah. that you had to say it means that you obviously aren't. Right, you're not. Yeah, yeah. So... And then he came out and addressed uh, the statements that Gene Simmons made about how, like, just recently about how rock is dead. And th- this is the third or fourth time Simmons has spouted off I know. about how rock well, is dead. Well, then how about you stop touring? <laughs> with not Kiss. With your half band. That's not even really your band. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Corey Taylor's quote was, I'm so tired of hearing that, man. With all due respect to Mr. Simmons... I think when he talks about rock being dead, I think he talks about the old school way of album tour, album tour, album tour. That's just not the way you do it anymore. There's so many other things and ways to contribute 
or to continue the history of this industry and to continue to be on top. I mean, I'm looking out at headlining at headlining Download Festival in the UK. <laughs> yeah, rock is dead. That's why there's 85,000 people here at 11:30 at night in a downpour and nobody do le- nobody left. Yeah, rock is dead. Ha. And he's <laughs> right. He's, he's right. totally right. Um, because nobody wants to come see Kiss play in the middle of that shit. You know, and uh, the the quote that I really liked from it is just the, the beginning of the next one. The only thing that's really been affected is the album sales, because there's still just as many rock fans out there as there were. There's just a whole new generation coming up, and they're not buying CDs. Yeah, it just works differently. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Maiden's Bruce Dickinson revealed he had two tumors on his tongue, and one was the size of a golf ball. Not cool. Yeah, God. So uncomfortable. How do you have a golf ball-sized tumor on your tongue and still speak, but speak English? Anyway, so that I mean that in and of itself is the the yeah. only news. I mean, we know he's fine now, so yeah, thankfully. Ryan, who's calling you? He's getting it's the same food. thing getting, at the end of the last podcast. Up, man. She's Jesus, like, "Where are Ryan? you, Ryan? You need to come on down here, boy." You guys are awful. Hey, it's your fault, not mine. I hope you can start taking the 5 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. slot for this job. (laughs) Uh, One of the... the, I guess it was a... a I'm pushing for it. It's still going. It's not going, man. It's off. (laughs) It's off. I'm going to do my best to make sure you're here until 10 a.m. from now on. A (laughs) developing story that Max Long brought up this week is the uh, Discovery Shark Week announced that Sharks love death metal. Yeah. So they decided that they, you know, because what they normally do for Shark Week to get footage or, like, to get sharks to come over to, like, a, a, a cage for tourists who are in the, the shark cage is they throw a bunch of, uh, like, you know, fish guts over the side. They call it chumming. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, here's a bunch of blood in the water. Yeah. So the sharks will come, obviously. What they did instead of doing that is they fucking put some speakers in the water and cranked out some metal. Awesome. And the sharks showed up. It's like a dinner bell, right? You know, and I bet they, they get a much better research data out of that because instead of the sharks being all fired up from a bunch of fish but blood, guns, you know, Sound. they got some metal. You know? Yeah, well, here, Max pulled the audio. Here's what they had to say. Really great device here. And uh, it's this like is, a big lollipop. Yeah, look, this is a military underwater speaker. Typically, with acoustic attraction, it appeals to two key sensors in the shark, both the internal ears, which they have, and also the ability to pick up low-frequency vibrations, which they pick up down their lateral lines. So you're telling me you pull in sharks by playing music? Okay, I'm ready. Let's try your favorite tune. All right. Let's just try some Darkest Era. The dense tones darkest of heavy metal ah. simulate the low frequencies of struggling fish. It resonates like a dinner bell. The 12-foot great white soon arrives <laughs> and circles the cage. 12 feet. Shark's like, yeah, bitch, I'm gonna f*** you up in that mosh pit. <laughs> Swim pit. You got a cage? I don't give a shit. So I'm gonna f*** you to it. That is a huge shark. That's awesome. That's seriously awesome. So, sharks love death metal, so <laughs> don't listen to death metal in the middle of the ocean. Unless you want a great time with or the shark. Or do. 
or do. There you survive go. It. Punch so, it in the nose. All right. <clears throat> it's been a couple of weeks, so we can't let you go without re-entering Metal Shop's Brutal Poetry Too Hot for Radio Lounge, or whatever shitty acronym I can come up with. This week, we go to a great fallback for whenever we go, mm, what's a good Brutal Poetry Too Hot for Radio? Off of their record, 40 more reasons to hate us. Here's Max Long's version of Phyllis is an old, annoying You're a f***ing You're old and dried up. You're a crusty old bitch. I hope you f***ing die. You're an ugly bitch. You make me f***ing sick. You're a big f***ing mouth. I'm sick of hearing it. Phyllis. It's a f***ing annoying God damn. Max, thank you for your contribution to Metal Shop this week. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been great. Uh, shout out to Phyllis. <laughs> the annoying <laughs> Anyway, happy 30th birthday to our man, Garbo Kevin. Kevin, Kevis, Kevinus Maximus. And uh, he'll be back next week. Until then, suck it. This is been <laughs> This has been Metal Shop Backstage Pass episode number 60. Bye. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.